0: Uh, hey guys, um, welcome to the newest podcast in town. You know, it's called Z-Starts and um, this has been the first ever episode and if you're listening, you know, congratulations, you're one of our first listeners. And today I have a very special guest with me and I can't even, you know, begin to list the impact that this guest has had on me, you know, uh, his name is Vincent Vo. I, I can sing praises of him all day, but I would like for to introduce himself. So, Vincent, you know, do you think? Thank
1: you for having me, Wazir. My name is Vincent. I am a university student at the University of Houston. I'm also a business, negoti- a business owner, a negotiator, and a public speaker. And yeah, I'm glad to be here today
0: to Avi Um actually I don't know if I've ever told you this uh, when I started to negotiate more you know I mm-hmm. felt uh, more confident in like having conversations with people because I, I know I have a very thick African accent but like I think negotiation kind of like gave me that confidence to be like mm-hmm. I can have a conversation with somebody as long as you, know, you approach it as a negotiation right
1: Oh your accent your your accent actually gives you power.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> gives you power.
0: Yeah. So uh today we're going to talk about um multilingualism. Uh-huh. Uh you know, multilingualism is just the aspect mm-hmm. of your life where you speak multiple languages. Mm-hmm and today we're going to focus on the impact of multilingualism in our lives right because if you talk about multilingualism your first impression would be or well, you can speak multiple languages you know you probably head more when you work right but or like you probably get good grades actually there have been research topics you know saying uh there's a direct uh, relationship between multilingualism and increasing brain activity but when you talk to multilinguals, like they don't usually talk to you about having good grades, right? They talk to you about using multilingualism in different ways, like helping people. Um, like for example, like volunteering, like in the food bank, right? But the only reason you can volunteer is because you speak Spanish, right? that doesn't have any direct impact or like direct effect to your grades, but that's what you're using your multilingualism for, right? And uh, the last time we spoke, you told me that you were learning three languages. So how has that impacted you so far?
1: Well, yeah, I'm learning... I'm learning... (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm learning English, but I'm I'm improving at English, yeah, although it's my native language, so I can't really say that, but (laughs) I'm learning English, I I know Vietnamese, and I am actively learning Korean right now. How has that impacted me so far? It's definitely a journey, because uh, the three languages, they've all come to me in different ways, English and Vietnamese, they've come to me by growing up in a in a household that speaks Vietnamese, but also being exposed to an English-speaking culture growing up. And Korean, and that's kind of the oddball there because its it, it was developed through just, it was developed from nothing. And I learned it through you know, YouTube first, but then I took a course, and now I'm taking classes on it. And it's really impacted me because, because these three languages all come from different roots. it really shows that there's multiple ways to get to a, an objective. But also, it's harder uh, because of those barriers as well. Because Vietnamese and English, because people around me spoke it, it's, it's yeah. a lot, a lot easier to learn. But Korean is a lot harder because I'm not living in a culture who, that speaks that language. So it gives a, it gives yeah. a few different perspectives on what. Language learning is and how complex it actually is.
0: Right. I don't want to say the same directly about English, but I used to remember, like, my first time learning English, I used to be so mad because, like, how do you learn English, right? Why would you write essays to learn English? And, you know, you get grades for learning a language what you speak, but, like, the only uh, quantifier is the way you write, right? And not necessarily the way we write. It's not the way we speak. Right. So there's some people that like they would write like the traditional, like white way, but like they don't speak that way. Right. So there's this kind of divide with the way we write and the way we speak. So that means the whatever grade we get in English does not, you know, kind of identify the kind of person we are. Again, bringing me to that point of saying your multilingualism or your multilingual side has a different impact on your grades than you as a person.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. And the the thing with writing and not speaking, yeah, writing and not speaking the same way, yeah, that's a that's a huge barrier when it comes to, to learning languages. Well, I wouldn't say a barrier, but it's something you have to get used to right? yeah. because... It's a lot different knowing how to speak a language and translating it to written text than knowing how to write a language and translating it to spoken text. And it's different for different people as well. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely that, that challenge
0: right there. Yeah. Um, so as you guys uh, listen, initially I did mention that using negotiation tactics that uh, improved my confidence in speaking to other people, right? And I think it's good that we have an expert with us today. Uh, Vincent is a very established negotiator. He also has a Spotify um <laughs> you to
1: listen
0: yeah those those episodes are still good so like you can give it a listen i'm gonna tag his um spotify uh podcast at the end of this and i, I just want to branch in you, you know being a multilingual other that you know affect negotiation right because now we've moved from the writing aspect to Okay, negotiation, which is an act of life. I think everybody negotiates every day. So, others being in multilingual, like impact that side.
1: Yeah, great. So, for listeners that are are kind of thrown off, man, you negotiate every single day. Yeah, we do. And I'm just gonna use it in this case, anonymous with communication. And negotiation is really the act of getting what we want or need from somebody even if it's nonverbal or even if it's subconscious. So, for example, you want somebody to listen to you, you're negotiating. Or at least I'm from that school of thought. There are different schools out there. But, yeah, we, we, we negotiate every single day. Language has a big impact on it, mainly because of cultural differences and misinterpretation. So the first thing, cultural differences, this is when you're actually speaking different languages and you're in different regions or you're speaking with people that have come from different regions. And let me give you an example. So I'm going to use a business example. So if you're doing business in America, it's common courtesy that you meet with somebody First and like a coffee shop or something, or in a informal setting, you talk with them, you get to know them, maybe have lunch, and then you you go on with whatever business proposal or pitch you're trying to make. But in let's say that no, I'm, yeah, you do business with somebody, they want to go out and drink and get drunk with you on the first day, right? <laughs> so there's a, there's a big difference when it comes to culture and language really impacts that because different the way we communicate makes certain things quote unquote taboo and certain things not. So let's also, let's say that I'm, since I'm also learning Korean, let's say I'm doing business in Korea. Well, in Korea, because the culture impacts it so much compared to the United States because the culture is so different. If you work for a company you are not allowed to ask for a salary raise. It's a lot different than how it works over here where you get a new job, you can negotiate your salary, you can negotiate your vacation days, your package. It's not the same over there because you are supposed to be devoted to your company. So when you have different people at these different locations and geographic locations, and let's say they move to one place and they talk to each other, Other than the language barrier, the root of that language, the culture heavily impacts the situation as well, which brings me to my second point of misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. If you go, if you're doing a business deal in Japan and you're talking with Japanese negotiators, or just let's just say in general, you're trying to uh, communicate with them on something. A lot of the times, you'll see that they usually nod their heads. They say yes all the time. But that's common misinterpretation because a lot of Japanese, when they nod their head, they say yes to what you say. They're not agreeing with you. It's just an affirmation of, yes, I'm listening. So you have Americans going over there, negotiating deals, and they hear yes the whole time. At the end, they're like, okay, so you ready to sign this deal? And then they get a no, and then they uh, they start freaking out. So... And these language barriers, they affect, of course, or they're they're rooted in the culture, but they affect how people interpret things. Something that's common in Japan to affirm that they're listening is misinterpreted when a person that's been speaking English in America comes over and talks to them. So culture is the root of language, and language has a huge impact on how we communicate, how we interpret things.
0: Yeah, I totally agree because like I can I don't want to say vouch, but I can say like in my country, um, like well, the way you sound kind of like depends on how successful you be, right? Because like there's this common misconception that if someone that like doesn't look black, right? Comes over the first is how do we scam this person, right? Because there's a language barrier, right? There's a communication gap. So your first instinct is like, oh, this person is not gonna understand. Me. Maybe I can understand a little bit of English this person is saying, but this person is not gonna in- understand my like you know traditional language. So I'm gonna like confuse this person. But I feel like being multilingual kind of connects that right connects that guy because now for example if i speak korean and i understand the way of life like the way koreans negotiate i can go in there and have a, a decent or like a successful negotiation right because now they see seen me that i have to, i put in the effort to like try to see this things that way and that kind of like you know makes the the power you generate report like very easy right instead of like starting to find the way to understand each other that has already been established right so um i know like you do travel a lot and you probably have like negotiated with like a lot of people that speak korean vietnamese even in english um, but is there a time where like being like multilingual in those languages is came in really clutch you never prepared you never prepared for like uh, having this negotiation with this korean speaking person and the only reason you're able to pull it off is because hey i i, I was learning korean so i know some korean is, is there any instances like that
1: hmm yeah i have one instance I wouldn't say that it was the factor that made me successful or not, mm-hmm. and it was definitely an off guard <laughs> instance. But when I was really, when I was new to the business world, some lady contacted me on LinkedIn asking me if I would be open to talk about a business opportunity. Of course, mm-hmm. I, I took it because I was new. I didn't know what was going on, and the lady was Vietnamese. And when we got into the Zoom call, I expected that we were going to speak English, but. She just started speaking Vietnamese. <laughs> and I was so confused. I was like, what the heck? But then of course I started replying in Vietnamese and stuff. And like you said, it builds it builds a lot of rapport when we were able to do that because I was able to relate with her on things like how like like how Vietnamese culture works, Vietnamese singers, Vietnamese pop, Vietnamese culture. And just normal things that if you put a Vietnamese person and a person from America together or an English-born American together, Mm native-born, they wouldn't be able to relate. And so it definitely built that sense of, hey, we're we're one shared identity. And if you look at, there's modern uh, psychology research on persuasion and building rapport, there's actually a principle out there credits to Robert Cialdini, called Unity. And it says that, or just in a nutshell, it's like, it's not only that I'm related to you, but in a way, I'm part of you. Mm. So being fluent in different languages really gives you that sense that, hey, we're not just trying to, we're not just related to each other, we're, we're part of one one yeah. shared heritage, one shared culture, and it builds that that trust, that rapport.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned that, like, like someone born English-American wouldn't be able to relate, right? But there's this concept out there that, like, for example, saying multilingualism gives all this advantage, but where does that leave you if you're not multilingual? Because we don't get to decide our bond, right? We don't get to decide what family we're bonding. So let's give a, an instance. Maybe there's a uh, the owner of a company that wants to negotiate with other countries, right? Um, I would so, such person survive in that scenario.
1: Knowing another language will help you, back to what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. prevent misinterpretation and, of course, know what the cultural norms are. Yeah. For example, other than the Japanese one, it will be if you're negotiating with somebody and they have something in their language that is very normal. They say that's just part of common speech, but for you, if you interpret it, as, oh my gosh, uh, this guy's mad at me, then that would, of course, create some problems unless you knew the language. A part of learning language is, and I know a lot of times people think, oh, you just learned the language. How how do you know what their culture is? Each time you learn a language, you have to know what the culture is. Because when I started learning, like, for example, when I started learning Korean, I realized that there were some words that didn't directly translate to English, so I had to go and I had to read, I had to watch things to find out. Oh, this is the context it's used in. Oh, Koreans say this, but when we speak English, we don't say it usually. So there's there's these these very nuanced transitions. Like for example, in in, in Korea, you don't say green light, you say blue light. If you translate it correctly, right? But that's that's weird. And in Vietnamese, blue and green, it's the same word. Yeah. So there's these things that are very easily misinterpreted if you don't know what light, or if you don't know the language that the other person is communicating from. Thus, not knowing
0: the culture. Yeah. I definitely agree. Staying on the topic of misinterpretation, uh, because I did do a lot of research for this project, and most of the research articles you see, they always talk about, you know, there's this relationship between being multilingual and having, like, increased brain activity, but what you tend to see is the multilingualism is expressed, like, uh the humanitarian side like your humanity like negotiation is a form of that right communication helping people so um how do we handle this um kind of like false information out there saying if you're multilingualism, you're supposed to be smart, right? Because now there's this stereotype, right? It's become stereotypical that, for example, if you're Asian, you should have good grades. If you're this, you're supposed to do well in school, right? Which um, we see time and time like that. It doesn't really happen that way. Like your multilingualism is you yourself i don't do your great. so like what do we do to like educate people
1: well the, the the part where multilingualism activates like different parts of your brain and it does it does trigger your thinking in a different way but again it doesn't translate directly to being smart it's <laughs> dependent on a lot of other factors some you can't control some you can control but getting rid of that, that stereotype, it's, the thing is, the misconception is that what you say or how you talk really or your ability has an impact on how people perceive you. Yeah. And this is actually diving into charisma research. How do you make people like you more? It actually has less to do with, with how many languages you speak. It has less to do with how your accent is or how you sound. Or, I mean, it has less to do with what, if you have an accent or not, yeah. but more to do with how you sound, how you present yourself, how you control your body language, and how you, how you listen, how yeah. you listen, how you communicate with the other side. So that definitely plays a role into that as well.
0: So... Um i like how you mentioned like how you sound if you have an accent because there's this thing like when it comes to artistic like element like music or uh, movies that we consume we don't necessarily have to understand what the artist is saying right as long as we can connect with them because like for example a lot of people listen to reality of music i listen to music from like different countries in africa that i have no clue what they're saying but like i can vibe with it right and this you know a lot of people love to watch K drama. Uh, some people like get into the idea of like forgetting there's even an option for you to turn on subtitles if you don't understand it right because like you connect with the actors or like you just want to see a specific actor or actress and you tend to like get the the theme of the movie, you flow along. Some people love watching animes, like on dub or like sub. So why can't that be like um, factored into real life? Because like when we consume ad, we don't care where the ad is from, right? But when we have in communication, then we were like, this person does not sound like me, right? Why why can't we like factor that kind of like the way we see at into the way we speak to people.
1: Yeah. Oh, that that's definitely a, a a a good point. And I don't have a specific explanation for that other than the fact that the context does really really matter when you're communicating with somebody when you're watching somebody from a screen or from a third party perspective versus when you're actually in the conversation. And again, it all relates back to that charisma. A research on how do you make people like you more. And it's funny that you mentioned the subtitles thing because actually a lot of the time you watch like an anime or a K-drama or a movie in a foreign language. If you turn off the subtitles and you just – if you turn off the sound, you can almost tell exactly what's happening just by reading the other person's body language. So kind of adding on to what you asked earlier about – how do we prevent this misinterpretation? That if you know a lot of languages and that you're smart, it's really communicating that you understand what's going on. That you're there in the moment. That you're there to listen and you're there to learn, even if you don't know the other the other language. Yeah. For example, if I go, like, I'm I'm going to Korea in like two months, and when I go there, and let's say I'm talking to a person who doesn't speak that much English, but I I need to speak some Korean in order for them to understand me. What I'll say at the beginning or a phrase that I'll learn is, hey, if, if I say something that's out of the norm, if I say something that's disrespectful, please let me know. I'm new to the language. It's being transparent with them that you don't know that much and that you're there to learn. And people will appreciate you for that. And it's better than if you just try to like, fake your way, quote-unquote, fake your way through and then make a mistake later. And they're like, oh my God, she said something that offended me. So it's really being transparent. It's presenting yourself. It's listening. It's those normal communication skills, but it, it's really... Uh, that's how really you uh, you prevent that and kind of get rid of that barrier between watching on TV and communicating in
0: yeah. real life. Um, thank you so much for that insight, um, uh As I said previously... Uh, Minson is a very good friend of mine. You know, he uh, has become, like, very familiar with, like, communication. Um, I know he was very involved with, like, does it Taskmasters or, like, uh, the speech giver? Toastmasters. Toastmasters, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Toastmasters, like, you know. I know he's very well, And he's a very good public speaker. Um, You know, I would love to have this conversation go on with Minson. Uh, but, you know, we're also kind of on a time constraint. But, as I said, I'm going to link all his socials. Uh, you can follow Mincin, He gives awesome teams on negotiation. Like, right now, um, I know we're doing this English project. You can, you know, learn from Mincin how to negotiate with Professor Lee on how to get better grades. So, I'm going to link all his social and... Uh, uh, Vincent, uh, would you like to, you know, give us a, give us a final thought on to this topic.
1: Oh uh, yeah. What 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 do you think the listeners would like to hear? Uh
0: well it's uh, it's finals week, so maybe something <laughs> more like uh suiting, you know.
1: Well, one thing that I guess I've developed through learning all this and stuff is really leverage the people that you have around you when it comes to multilingualism, whoever speaks a lot of languages or whoever can communicate well. Because when you have people in your network that know how to speak different things, they, of course, they think differently. They have different experiences. And what they use to learn different languages can be applied to what you do at school, uh, to how you learn, to how you study, because those habits stay the same. For example, if you have somebody in your network who – I use the word network because I'm a business person, but just yeah. your social circle. <laughs> you have somebody in your network who – has learned multiple languages or they're studying a language, ask them how they learn it. Ask them how they practice. And maybe you'll find a technique that you can apply to, let's say, your math homework or your uh, one of your exams. I have a guy who watches, who watches a drama four times in a row straight for, for, for eternity to learn a language. And it shows that when you... Uh, when you are immersed in something, when you are interested in something, and you're really passionate about it, you're in that state of flow. So I talked to him on how he did that, and I tried to apply his techniques on how to enter that state of flow when I'm doing my homework, when I'm studying for classes, and just to exceed in other things as well. So really leverage the people around you. Leverage your network, especially the multilingual people and the people who communicate well because they can give you a lot of advice.
0: Um, I would like to tell you right now that I definitely did leverage people around me because, like, last investor for my bio lab, I use no oriented questions to get a great increase in one of the average assignments and directly came clutch so um guys thank you guys again for listening um on the topic of multilingualism it's a very broad topic like the conversation is gonna keep going and of course we can join the conversation in any form and that is why this is a multimodal assignment and we should just do our best to become better humans and improve the people around us and like mitson said you know leverage really the people around you learn from them and try to get better from them um so i'm your host again um z and this would The end of the first episode for thoughts Can't wait to see you guys in the next one. Thank you so much, Minson, for being on the show. And I'm going to wish everybody a good finals week. Two more weeks, guys. We got this. All right, guys. See you on the other side.